Hey, it's Anita and this is Bitcoin und Co. Today's guest is Nicolas Dorier, founder of BTC Pay, a self-hosted software that allows everybody to collect Bitcoin over their own website. Besides creating this innovative piece of software, Nicolas is working on discrete lock contracts that will allow converting your Bitcoin into fiat money without selling your Bitcoin. Sounds magic? To me too. I've enjoyed this entertaining interview with Nicolas and I hope you will too. I have started doing video interviews, so if you want to see my guests too, then head over to my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Anita Posch. And every Friday, I publish Anita's Weekly, a newsletter where I cover the most interesting stories in Bitcoin from my point of view. You can find all the links at anita.link forward slash subscribe. And last but not least, thank you for listening to my show. I appreciate every single one of you and I want to hear from you. So if you have any questions regarding Bitcoin or just want to give some feedback, please leave me a voicemail at anita.link forward slash 89. That's 89. And now a short word from my sponsors. Shift Crypto and the Bitbox 02 Hardware Wallet. I did an interview with the inventor of the Bitbox and co-founder of Shift Crypto, Douglas Backum, recently. It's episode number 77. You can find it at anita.link forward slash 77. Tune in to hear his intentions and the core values behind the production of their hardware wallet. To be financially independent, it's important to hold your own keys. Shift cares about making it easy for you to keep your Bitcoin safe. The Bitbox O2 is Swiss-made and makes it simple to store and use your coins. I especially like that they have a Bitcoin-only edition too, and I can use the hardware wallet with my phone. Check out the Bitbox O2 at anita.link forward slash Bitbox O2. That's Bitbox02. You will get a 10% discount in the checkout with the code ANITA. Local Bitcoins is one of the most trusted and the largest peer-to-peer -peer Bitcoin trading platforms in the world. To learn more about local Bitcoins and their people, listen to my interview with Elena Tonoyan, the company's chief of operations at anita.link forward slash 68. On local Bitcoins, you can buy and sell your Bitcoin in an easy, fast and secure way, always protected by escrow. Local Bitcoins allows you to trade directly with people like you and you can choose any currency you prefer and find a safe payment method to complete your trade. Local Bitcoins also offers a web wallet so you can trade and deposit and send out your Bitcoin all in one account. Go to www.localbitcoins.com to buy and sell Bitcoin. And last but not least, I definitely recommend using a hardware wallet to store your Bitcoin. But if you have difficulties with the technical requirements and maintenance of hardware wallets, you can use the card wallet. The card wallet is a very simple and secure solution for long-term storage of Bitcoin and Ethereum. No software updates needed and it leaves no traces on the blockchain, which is good for your privacy. 
You can give it away as a gift or inheritance. You can send Bitcoin to it and all you have to do is to store it in a safe place. The manufacturers are the Austrian State Printing House and Coinfinity, Austria's first Bitcoin broker founded in 2014. Listen to my interview with Kai Kremser. He is CardWallet's product manager at anita.link forward slash 72. If you order your CardWallet at cardwallet.com forward slash anita, you will get 20% off. Hello, everybody. My guest today is Nicolas Dorier. Nicolas, hello. You're a decentralized systems software developer and open source advocate. You've been active in the Bitcoin community since 2014 and have contributed to several Bitcoin projects, including Bitcoin Core, before founding BTC Pay Server, an open source payment processor used by thousands of merchants globally. You are also the co-founder of Mitaco, a provider of security-critical infrastructure for financial institutions. Hello, Nicholas. Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for inviting me. Nicholas, please uh, tell our viewers and listeners a little bit about your background. Um, as far as I know and I can hear, <laughs> you were living in France, um, but you left. So how did this all come together? Yeah, I, I was living in France when I discovered Bitcoin, basically after MTGOX crash, uh, just wondering why people that lost their money there was, were still fanatic about Bitcoin. And uh, I, be, I, I came in Japan and for a few years, like maybe one year and a half, I was living only with Bitcoin and like uh, local, local Bitcoin deals. And it kind of, it was eye-opening for me because it was the first time I could see, okay, if you have Bitcoin, basically wherever you are, you are I, I felt confident to always find somebody that would provide me uh, fiat if I needed it. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, right now I'm still living there. <laughs> in Japan, yeah. Yes, in Japan, Tokyo. And, and, and how did this all come about? I mean, when did you find out uh, about Bitcoin and what did interest you in it? Well, I, like, um, so there is two things that, so first, what, what was strange to me is that people that got, uh, lost all their saving and money to, uh, to MTGOX were still very defender of Bitcoin. And that's not something that happened with, with scam, right? When there is a scam, normally people are very upset, but it did not happen with Bitcoin. So that, that's basically why I start looking at it. And, um, and, uh, uh darling, can you do baby? And um, yeah, I did. I, I did this. It it kind of made me more confident about Bitcoin. And uh, also in the past, uh, I failed one uh, company. And after the, this, the failure of this company, I got rejected by like seven or eight bank to do a new business. And like when I failed, it was like one thousand dollar of uh, basically of bill that I could not pay with my failed business. So it was not a huge amount. I was not a scammer or, or anything, but still like all banks uh, start rejecting me for my new business. So I was kind of more disposed to, 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 to believe that Bitcoin is doing uh, the great things. Mm -hmm. So you, you felt it by yourself, like that uh, how banks can exclude you just for nothing in a way, yeah. just because you had one failure. I mean, what is it, one failure, you know? 
it was it was just like a, a line in the database of the central bank of france and like uh, every time you go to see the the bank they they are very smiley and like look at you and then after you come back for the second meeting they say oh by the way we decided to not take you and at one point mm -hmm. i started questioning them like tell me why because it's like six banks that refused me in a, row, in a row like what's happening and they said oh you are been basically flagged into into this list And uh, after two or three years, it disappeared. But like for two or three years, basically, they, 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 they don't take any risk. And then you went to Japan, I guess, also for professional reasons. Did you, did you found a company there or why did you move to Japan? What was the idea? Well, professional reason. Ah, I, I, I think, I think uh, Japanese girl is very cute. <laughs> 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 and uh, and uh, I mean, I, I've been very a lot of tourism in Japan and I always like really liked the lifestyle here so I, that's that's why I I stay I, I feel safe there I feel I feel good so I got like a, a special visa that allowed me to stay for one year and after one year I, I managed to find a company to get a working visa and uh, actually until today I, I'm working for uh, one of those companies uh, so Digilab uh, I'm also working for Digilab in in, uh, in Japan That allowed me as well to, to stay by having a working visa. But now I'm married, so it's a married visa. <laughs> <laughs> Great. You finally made it. Yeah. So uh, you just mentioned you also work for a company in Japan. So basically you, you founded two companies and you work for another company. So three companies or four projects at one time. So Metaco, it's a company I founded it uh, that started in Switzerland. And uh, basically, since uh, it, it was before I go to uh, to Japan, so uh, I kind of stepped back from the from the direction of the company. I was CTO, and I kind of stepped back because it was kind of difficult to uh, to organize the team and everything from uh, from outside. So now I'm still working for Metaco for the company I, I founded, but I'm also uh, working for uh, Digilab. And Digilab, I didn't founded it. Uh, so Digilab is part, it's a subsidiary from Digital Garage that is a public company in Japan. And uh, basically they are supporting my effort uh, to work on BTC Pay. So uh, yeah, it's, it's it, basically the BTC Pay idea started when I was working there and, uh, and uh, I wanted to dedicate my time on it and they just, uh, they, they accepted it. Because I got to know you when you posted your famous tweet replying <laughs> to BitPay. BitPay uh, is a Bitcoin payment service provider founded in 2011. And Bitcoin provides a Bitcoin and I think Bitcoin cash payment processing services for merchants. So uh, for, for our listeners, basically customers can use BitPay. Well, merchants can use BitPay to integrate it on their websites and we people can buy stuff in Bitcoin over BitPay. And um, you said to them in this tweet, this is lies, my trust in you is broken, I will make you obsolete. <laughs> yeah. So uh, how, tell us please, why did you even say that and what happened there before? What was the reason for this to do this? So one thing is that before all of that happened, I was a very fan of BitPay and uh, I advised many people to, to, to use BitPay and I also helped the integration to several people of BitPay. And uh, basically, when that happened, I feel like completely betrayed. And uh, it was a big wake-up call because 
what, what I realized is that it doesn't matter if Bitcoin at the base layer is decentralized if everybody is using intermediary to, to use Bitcoin. So um, I say, okay, I will, I will start doing my own processor. But one of the things I wanted to do as well is to migrate every people that I was, um, I, wa I helped integrate BitPay. I wanted to migrate them to BTC Pay. Basically, and uh, and uh, for that I needed to replicate the same API than BitPay and to allow easy migration. Mm -hmm. And does this mean that BitPay is a is a centralized software and company, but they don't hold funds, do they? Uh, BitPay, uh, BitPay yeah. do. They hold the funds. They do. They have. Yes. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. And that's the big difference to your BTC Pay server. You don't hold funds. You just um, send so, it from one peer to the other. Yeah. So BTC Pay server is basically a self-hosted server. So basically, it means that uh, merchants are just renting a server on internet, whatever, and install BTC Pay on that. Basically, merchants are... are just installing BTCP server on their own server. So that, that means that we don't have control of anything of what they're doing. And which means that we are not subject to lots of regulation or anything like this. So, uh, yeah. Okay, So great. that's a big difference. And, and can, you, can you maybe explain to our listeners why you think that is so important, especially in Bitcoin? I mean, the core proposition of Bitcoin is mm. it's being decentralized and every, everybody is self-sovereign. Why is that so important in your eyes? Well, like, imagine that you're a merchant and uh, somebody is paying you for some goods and uh, you have this uh, payment processor in the middle that stops the payment of your customer that takes the money and asks to your customer to give personal information in order to get back their money or to get the, the goods. As a merchant, when it happens, basically you feel powerless because one of your customers is having a trouble and you cannot do anything to, to solve this problem. So uh, it's, it, 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 it's happening right now to lots of merchants using those centralized payment processors. And I think it will become worse and worse in the, in the future because the regulation becomes stricter and stricter. So uh, with BTC Pay, you don't have this sort of, pro of problem. You might have sometime maybe technical uh, issues, but technical issues are never a problem. You can always find out how to solve it. But if an intermediary still is taking the money of your customer, then you are powerless, basically. You cannot do anything. So I think that's, yeah, he, that's why it's very important. Because, because the merchant can uh, close your account like the central bank did with your banking account in France. Yes. Exactly uh, the same. And, and, they and that's do. basically... And that's the, the way that all payments today are processed over Visa or PayPal and all this other stuff. Yeah. And like ma many people are, are cannot even register to those web websites. Because yes, like... Yes, exactly. Yeah. You, 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 for example, even me, like when I was uh, for, for a long period of time in Japan, I was kind of... I was not very settled, which means that I was mainly living by using Airbnb. So when you are living with Airbnb, you don't have real address. And if you don't have address, basically you cannot register anywhere. You cannot do anything. So it's kind of the situation where like, uh, it's, it's become uh, like, it's better to be self, self sovereign. 
Yeah. And also from the merchant side or also individuals can use BTC Pay. It's not only for merchants. So if somebody wants to set up a donation page, they can use BTC yes. Pay. And yeah. and the, the 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 greatest thing or one of the great things is also it's free. It's free to use. You don't take fees, which yep. all the other payment providers do. Yep. Basically, we 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 really want to to be kind of like a, the WordPress model of payment processor. It's uh, it's kind of our, our goal. <laughs> Oh, okay, that's great. And I, but how? I mean, when you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, for when I say this as well is like one of the big success of WordPress. When you really look at it, is that when you are creating a new website, you are a business owner, you create a, a new website, and you use WordPress. It's very easy to find freelance, like that they are able to make you know proper team uh, for your website and do proper customization to for your website. And uh, I think this is very powerful because every merchant has the, the, the kind of very specific need and being able to easily find like people that can work on your specific need is very important. So that's basically the same model that we try to, to get to BTC Pay is like everybody has different need. Then we should try to open what is inside as much as possible so that other people can build on top of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how innovation works. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, but you, if if BTC Pay is free to use, how do you pay your rent? And yeah. I think you have some developers, I guess. So yeah, so on my side, when I started BTC Pay Server, and until now, actu actually, I've been quite lucky. Like I said, like a uh, digital garage uh, is uh, supporting my effort uh, to develop BTC Pay Server, and uh, so it uh, it has been like for two or three years, and uh, but it's only me. And uh, like uh, since last year, last and a half years, we, we wanted to we wanted to find a solution to to fund other developers uh, to to be able to focus on BTC Pay speci specifically. And it's when we got the idea to create the BTC Pay Terror Foundation. And uh, basically, it, it was kind of the first foundation in, uh, except the Bitcoin foundation that failed for a long time ago. But it was kind of the first time that we, a project like, like in Bitcoin world, like created this kind of structure to fund developments. And uh, we, we got uh, kickstarted by uh, Square, Square Crypto, uh, that, that gave us 100k. Then the, there is a digital garage again, uh, my own company that gave uh, like 30k and then uh, we have many sponsors so right now we have okcoin we have kraken uh so we got we have btsc as well that is funding cooks directly so like we we are very we have we had lots of companies that that expressed that they wanted to help but they don't want to help a specific individual so basically they say okay the community like this project Then we just donate to it, and we try to to give back by by uh, by showing to everybody that they are they are supporting us. And, mm -hmm. uh, and there that, is, a, mm -hmm. I think, as well, like we have quite a lot of uh, company doing this. Yes, I see that more and more, and that's I think also the great thing and the power in Bitcoin that um, people give back. 
So uh, they, if they have lots of Bitcoin, for instance, they uh, nurture the, the ecosystem and pay developers to, to stay decentralized and to, to fulfill all the promises Bitcoin makes in a way yep. um, for the future. Um, for you personally, um, what is, um, maybe you can tell us, is there, uh, are there most, more interesting aspects in Bitcoin to you than others? I mean, for, for instance, for me, I'm not interested in trading at all, for instance. Yeah. I'm mm. interested in the, in the permissionlessness, in the uncensorability and how this can, uh, support like the social or social, um, connections and stuff mm. and, and our lives. Yeah. What is important for you in Bitcoin? Bitcoin is all about giving you an option to, uh, if, if something go wrong, then you can easily move somewhere else and keep your wealth intact. I think for me, it's like really this power of this empowerment that no matter how big you are or great you feel, like people cannot get my Bitcoin without my permission. And I think that's for me the most powerful aspect. That's true, without your permission, yeah. Yep. Because I, I also think about this fact. I mean, it's fantastic that you can, can just, um, remember, uh, 24 words in your head and move over several yeah. borders and, 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 and take all your uh, wealth with you. Yes. Um, but, but then sometimes I think, okay, but if the police wants them or the authorities wants your money, then they can like force you to, to say it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, 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 that, that's where privacy is very important, I believe. So, uh, yeah. like, so uh, on my side, uh, typically, uh, every time I withdrawing from an exchange or I'm depositing by an exchange, I'm using, uh, for example, Wasabi wallets. So I make sure that nobody can know exactly when I'm spending my money. And I think it's very important because when, if things become bad, if they know exactly how much you have, then you can get troubles. So I think it's important to, to protect yourself against this. Yes. Um, I, I, I think that's true. Yeah. You're right. Um, but don't you fear that, um, one day, uh, soon maybe there will be two kinds of Bitcoin, the coin trained ones and the tainted ones. And then there, yeah. What, well, what's your opinion about that? Well, the thing is that even if I, I feel confident that the coin I mixed, if I deposit them on an exchange, I feel confident that I, I will, I will have no problem because if they ask me, where does this Bitcoin come from? I have proof that I bought them in the past. So I can say, okay, it's, I bought that at this price at this time. I keep my record. So like I can still prove it, but it's, I can prove it selectively when they ask the information. I don't have to show to the whole world, uh, my, about my finance. So I think it's, it's this. And it's, 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 it, this is very powerful because you can decide where you devolve this information instead of giving it to the whole world. That's a great idea. I never heard that before because basically you can say, okay, I bought it here and that was completely okay and regulated. Yeah. Yeah. And after you, you sent it to your own wallet, you coin join it and then they can't see what you spend it on because yep. it's nobody's business. Actually, if I go to a bar and drink five beer or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you, you don't have to uh, fill out uh, like 
when you are using cash, you don't have to fill out KYC forms every time you are spending it. So I think it's kind of the same idea. Yeah, exactly. And I also think that's the, the weird or silly thing about the travel rule uh, when they want to implement it worldwide, that um, when you have to want to pay out from an exchange to your own wallet, you have to prove that it's your address. <laughs> I mean, uh, how do I, do I have to prove that it's my, my hand that takes the money out of the ATM? So here... Uh, 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 no, uh, yeah. So here is the interesting thing. I, 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 I listened that there, there has been a attempt to such regulation. I think it was at Isolus of Man. And, um, they were asking that when you withdraw, basically that you provide a signature with the address that you are receiving the money. But the thing is that it doesn't even prove that this address belongs to you because you can ask to your friend, like, Oh, can you sign that? That so you can get the coin directly and your friend will say, okay, no problem. I would sign it and done. So you are not proving anything. It's just like pure friction for, for, for users. And I think, yeah, it, I, I think it got repelled. I think it, it happened like in It's All of Man and it got repelled at the end, uh, if I remember. Yeah, I mean, it just shows that the people who put in the regulations have no understanding of the possibilities of the technology. And like so. they, 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 they cannot... Also, it's uh, it's very hard to enforce that uh, internationally. As long as there is at least one country that don't that that don't comply with it, then they have a problem. So yeah, and, uh, and you you for instance, you would go to that country, then you would move there, I guess. <laughs> definitely, definitely. If and, it, if it's and, and, yeah, and like, and I think many people do this. Sorry. Yeah, I, I think people will do it at the end of the day. Like I have no doubt about it. Yeah. Talking about regulations, I have heard that Japan has very harsh regulations towards Bitcoin. Um, do you know why that is or, or how are those regulations different to European or US regulations? So I can only say about the difference between French regulation and, uh, and Japanese regulation. So in France, when you sell your Bitcoin, you need to pay 30% of the average uh uh, average price that you bought your Bitcoin, 30%, it's flat rate. Uh, in, uh, in Japan, uh, they consider your profit. So it's, it's same thing. It's when you sell. It's always when you sell that you have to pay the taxes. And, uh, but they consider, uh, it's, a it's a sort of income. So, uh, it means that if you get a good income and you sell your Bitcoin, it can go up to, uh, to 50%, which is pretty bad. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't sell in Japan. <laughs> I understand that. So I, I feel myself lucky because here in Austria and in Germany, we have a, a one-year period. If you hold your coins longer than 12 months, uh, you don't have to pay tax. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah, I mean, but you just... I, uh, but, I, but I'm surprised that there is no... Uh, I, I, I thought that Europe was kind of harmonizing those uh, those regulations, but it's not the case actually right now. So um, I I don't know at the moment, and I mean, of oh, course, cool. if you trade if you trade inside one this one year, you have to uh, pay yeah. taxes on the profits. Yeah, and if it's of course if if I earn Bitcoin, which sometimes I do for my work, then I of course have to pay my income tax of it yeah but i i take the amount on the day i get it in euros 
yes, and from yeah, that, that that's that's just in my accounting. It's like any other. If I get paid in, yeah, Europe, that's yeah. perfect. That that's really perfect. I uh, I don't know. I don't know if in Japan it will change or not. I I know that it hurted a lot of exchanges because during the 2017 craze, ICO craze, they, those regulations were not quite ready. And like they got huge amount of trading. It was kind of the golden age for exchanges in Japan. And then those regulation came. And um, like basically, if before they were making 1,000 trade, right now they are making one trade. So it's really like divided uh, by 1,000 or something like this, uh, the amount of volume they are doing. And the, the, the also the big, the big problem is not only the taxes matter, but the reporting matter. Because you need to keep track of your weighted average. And like, if you are doing lots of trading, like, how do you keep track of it? If you are using several exchange everywhere, like, how do you keep track of it? There is no, when people don't know, they don't feel confident about trading, basic, basically. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know there are some software solutions like Bitcoin.tax and something like that where you can do this automatically. But it's, it's of course, it's, um, a, a, another step, another hurdle. Yeah, and, and it's all, I, I guess it's only U.S. U.S. Uh, <laughs> for U.S. regulation. Yeah. Like all regulations change yeah. every year, so you, you cannot keep. So you basically for every country you need uh, your own tax uh, Bitcoin tax software. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it's real mess. Like it has been bad bad time for Japanese exchanges. That's for sure. Yeah. And how is the 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 environment today? Like yesterday, we had a new Bitcoin all-time high. Um, do you? I mean, you are in the Bitcoin space, but do you see people getting interested in it in Japanese mainstream media? So that's that's interesting. So, uh, like during the previous, uh, so I don't look too much the media in. Uh, I don't look too much TV, but. I know about uh, Bitcoin news from my uh, the family of my wife. That is typically the, like really typical Japanese. And when there is a bubble, you can I can hear them talking about Bitcoin and asking me question. And and very often, I actually I, I I'm a bit ashamed of it. But like some of them bought like altcoins, and I was like, why are you doing this? But like they that their choice, and but. Right now, no, I, I didn't hear anything. So I think that right now the the retail is not here yet, and I wonder like if I think if it breaks the twenty thousand, I think they will have some some kind of uh, media coverage and retail might come. So I'm always listening the the family of my of my wife and <laughs> to 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 know these kind of things. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. You just mentioned altcoins. Um, yeah. uh, here I have a question because I think I found out that Mitako works with central banks and you, you also, I think maybe even you personally, uh, work on altcoin integrations. Um, how, how does this go together with your philosophy? I really don't like altcoin. Uh, I mean, like our customer like it. So I need to do what's best for what what our customer want, of course. Uh, but like all my uh, open source time, I don't want to devote uh, one 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 minute of this of this kind of stuff. Um, Understand? Yeah. 
I understand. And maybe you, we could also frame it like you are basically undermining uh, the financial institutions of today with your ideas. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know because those those institutions are become uh, become trapped as well. Uh, so, uh, li like maybe you've seen like the several interviews of Michael Seller, but like big institutions are also very uh, impacted by the free money printing that we got like for ten years and so and like they need a they they, they need a way to escape as well. And I think. That's part of the reason why they're in interested into Bitcoin. So I, I I I don't think it's kind of undermining them. I think it's also a lifeboat for them. I think. Yeah, as long as they keep the keys by themselves and not use an ETF or something like that. Yeah. So that that that's that's uh, one of the goal as well of MetaGoist. That imagine that. What we are doing, if we were not doing what we are doing, basically those uh, institutions will end up buying some uh, GBTC ETF or things like this. And it's a kind of centralization issue as well. Like if everybody is buying that and they, there is a Segwit2x that happened again, uh, it might be very problematic. But basically we are helping them to, to host by their own. And uh, it's kind of... In a way, it's kind of the same that I'm trying to do uh, at merchant level, but uh, except that it's at institutional level at this point for uh, on the mm -hmm. on Metaco side. Mm -hmm. That's great to see. Yeah, that people like you with these ideas are in these places. Yeah, um, makes me optimistic for the future. <laughs> So I also read um, in an interview you said um, that you don't believe that Bitcoin will replace cash. Why yes. not? Well, so, um, like, yeah, I, th so I think Bitcoin won't replace cash, cash as cash is now, which means like, so I'm living, in, yeah, I'm living in Japan. It's very cash oriented society. Uh, I think, I'm not sure about Germany, but I think Germany is as well. Yes, right, right? Austria and Germany. And I like cash, I mean, it's very convenient to use. You don't need a mobile device that will be get obsolete after five years. It's, you know, like you can... So the, the wallet software that is unplugged from the internet just works, you know, like it's very efficient. And I, 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 don't, I, I don't feel that any... Uh, so in, in Japan, there is as well... Uh, so in Japan, there is lots of... Uh, so it's very cash-oriented society. society. But there is also lots of uh, push to have some kind of digital cash, and we have like some card of some type of card that is al almost as good as cash because it's like anonymous. It's called Pasmo card. But like lots of people using it, but still most of people are, are doing their stuff with cash. You can pay your taxes with cash, and I, I don't know, like you can pay your taxes with you cash. Can, wow! You, you you go to the bank, so you have you you have a kind of paper uh, with your tax to pay, you go to the bank, uh, you have a kind of machine, you put your paper in the machine, then you put your bills inside the machine and like you pay with cash, no problem at all. And I, I think I, I come from Europe where everything it was uh, uh, in France, everything is like credit card. And I just think it's like great to use. I, I don't know, maybe I'll school on this. But uh, yeah, that's why I don't think Bitcoin will replace uh, this Ease of use, I think. Oh, what, what, 
whatever app we create, even with Lightning Network, I don't think that for retail, like going to a shop and paying something, I don't think that Bitcoin will be uh, will be better than cash. But why? I mean, yeah. Because, for example, in Japan, you have all those apps that are centralized apps, but people don't really use them. There, there is some people that use it, but still cash is more used than everything else. And it's centralized app. And they cannot do better than cash. So, I mean, Bitcoin will be... I, I don't see Bitcoin being easier than centralized alternative. So that's why I don't think... I don't think if cash is as is today, I don't think that Bitcoin can replace cash. Mm. You mean from the usability perspective, the centralized yes. apps will be as good as Bitcoin or Lightning, as easy to use? Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, and Uh, the only the only way I can see like Bitcoin replacing things is uh, if government go too far into the digital money things, and at the end of the day, imagine that you're a tourist, you go to a certain country, and you start having problem to pay something. So I, I saw this video of like uh, somebody that was in uh, Shenzhen, and uh, basically kind of tourist in Shenzhen, and he wanted to pay for his latte, and basically he had no way to give his like you know, uh, his paper cash to pay with it. So he needed to find somebody that will accept this paper cash so this somebody could pay for his latte. And I think if it happened, like if there is a war on cash and they make it very hard to use conventional paper cash, Bitcoin can win. But as cash is today, at least in Japan, I don't see it replacing anything. Yeah, I understand what you mean. I think, but this this war on cash will happen because they want to track everything. And, you know, it's like <clears throat> preventing criminals from doing uh, bad stuff with, with cash. Um, and on the other hand, if, and I also think that this is going to come, if the digital um, central bank digital currencies will come, basically digital euro and digital yen or dollars, um, I mean, it's just the same instrument like with fiat money. Yeah? So you can inflate it. Um, so it doesn't help you saving your money as a store of value. Yeah. 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 So that's, yeah, that's the other case of Bitcoin. Like uh, as, a, as a store of value, I, in any case, Bitcoin win cash. <laughs> I mean, there is no way to lose against <laughs> yeah. cash, you know, like it, it's, it will always inflate. So Yeah. And um, I also found uh, something you said that you don't use Lightning that that much. Yes. Um, because it's in general more expensive than on-chain. Yes. Why? So so I, I it's kind of I was I was pissed off once because I was um I was doing a transfer of uh, via Lightning of 100 USD, and I ended up paying I think like 30 cents of fees or something like this. <laughs> Why? Because okay. the, the, the fees on Lightning is a percentage of the amount that you send. Whereas in wh when you send on-chain, uh, it depends on the size of the transaction. And if I was using uh, on-chain transaction, at the end, it would have cost me one cent to, to send the same transactions. Mm. So it kind of, I was kind of pissed off by this. And since then, I, 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 didn't, I, I stopped using it. Oh. Okay, understand. But if uh, we have more and more transactions on the blockchain, then we might have these, yeah. uh, like, yeah, queues it again works. when the transaction cost rises, it, it and then Lightning is cheaper. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
like like if that happened lightning works i mean except this this uh, story of like paying high fee where that where i was a bit pissed off lightning just <laughs> works like yeah so why not choosing it uh, do you have you heard about the um I mean, you definitely have heard about Keysend and the possibility to 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 receive payments without uh, doing an invoice. I think that's how it works yep. because yes. I I now am I'm one of the podcasters who is um, on Sphinx app. Have you heard about these tribes in Sphinx uh, where you no, can host? Yeah, okay, that's a great new thing. Uh, I wanted to talk with you about it. It's The Sphinx app is, um, you need a node for it. You run it with your own node. And I, as a podcaster, can integrate my podcast into the chat. The Sphinx app is a chat app. And the podcast is integrated. And people who come to my tribe, to my group in my chat, can listen to my podcast and stream money at the same time. And they can Ooh. also boost like when they hear a, a soundbite that they like they can push a button and they send me what they um they want like a hundred sats or something like that that's ah, streaming money is born yes <laughs> uh, it's 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 so i think it's really so the, the, i'm glad to hear this because i think that for a long time uh lightning tried to focus too much on the payments Uh, that we can already do on on uh, Bitcoin instead of focusing on things that only Lightning can do. So I, I will definitely look at it. It seems very interesting. I, I've seen as well like um, uh, somebody in the uh, BTCP server community, IMP, is doing. Um, I, I I will share the link with you later. I think it's, it's I think it's still in beta right now. But he's he's doing a kind of plugin for for um, for streamers. Where basically you can send money to a streamer, uh, and like he can put uh, some overlay when the money is coming or things like this, and uh, I think it's kind of very nice use case. Yeah, it's a great use case. So you basically can send a micro payment while streaming to the streamer. Yep. There, there is as well um, uh, Mandeldoc and and ZDB. Uh, so um, so Mandeldoc, I don't know if you hear about him. It's is a, it's a Lightning game developer, so he's do, he's mm -hmm. trying to use Lightning inside games, and ZDB is a company is is doing. Uh, so they try uh, they try to provide a platform for for people to put Lightning game on it and and like uh, to to get to make it easy for receiving payments in games. I I think it's really interesting use case. Yeah, great. Um, and another interesting use case, um, I was reading on your blog yesterday. Uh, you have a blog post that uh, says how to convert Bitcoin in fiat without selling. Yes. How does this work? <laughs> okay. So actually, I, so I, ne I never took a loan in my life and I never understood why people were taking loan all my life. But I got this, I listened to this interview of Michael Saylor. And it, it clicked in my head. He said, if I want, if I, if I wanted, uh, like liquidity or cash in the short term, I don't have to sell Bitcoin. I can just take a loan on my Bitcoins. Mm -hmm. And basically it's all rich people are doing. Rich people don't sell their assets. They just take a loan. And by taking a loan, basically you don't, one, you, you don't pay the taxes so you can get your cash. And of course, you need to pay you you need to pay the interest, but right now the interest are pretty low, 
And uh, I was thinking, imagine that, I, I think if you wanted to do these kind of things with uh, Bitcoin, you will take what we call, we call Bitcoin loans, where you put Bitcoins as collateral. Uh, maybe you need to put lots of collateral for, 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 for uh, avoiding like the up and down of the market and getting liquidated. But uh, yeah, ba basically that's the idea. You put your Bitcoin in collateral, you get the loan, you get the cash. Then like you pay, you pay back your cash with whatever money income that you have. But at least you can keep your Bitcoins and not pay taxes. So I think that's very interesting use case. And that's without intermediaries. Or what is the special thing about it now? So right now, this kind of Bitcoin loan is already provided by some companies. I think this block BlockFi. The problem is that they are they are kind of the as well a financial institution, so they ask you question for doing this kind of stuff. There is regulation that limits the applicability in a in geographical place. But what if we both like, for example, we both trust somebody in the Bitcoin community? I don't know. For example, uh, Andreas Antonopoulos. I don't know. For example. <laughs> yes. What we could say is that, okay, let's do a loan. Uh, so I imagine I want to borrow money from you. I say, let's do it alone. I will put like two times the collateral in a DLC. So a DLC is a... So one way of doing that is to have a, a escrow. So ask to Andreas, for example, to have a two by three multisig and we put the money there. And then if there is a problem, he can confiscate the money. For example, if the price of Bitcoin crashed too much, he can give you back the Bitcoin. But the problem is that it implicates him. Like he needs to sign the transaction. He needs to agree. He needs to give you the keys. So it's a bit pain in the ass. So that's what is happening today. So you need right. an oracle or somebody in between who, who says this, this side is right, this one is wrong. Yes, but the thing is that you... For for making this, they need to know that you are using them. And another way of doing that, so another way of doing that, and that, that's what I'm looking with uh, what we call DLC, is that instead you could say, you could say to Andreas, like, do you agree to settle? If we have a conflict, do you agree to settle the deal? And uh, uh, darling, can you take care? Uh, so we can say, do you agree? To settle the deal if we have a problem and they say he say okay and basically if it's a, the the collateral is only a two by two multisig between us two but like only if there is a problem then he need to put his signature so that, that that's very interesting because it means that in most of the time when we are in a loan contract there is no problem like 99 of the time there is no problems so it means that for 90 trade Basically, you don't have to sign anything. You don't need any server. You don't need to, you know, to talk to us or to review any contract. It's only if there is a problem that you can settle the situation. And I think it's a, it's an improvement compared to what there is now. Yeah, it's great because so in this way, I could basically sell Bitcoin to someone else or no, convert it to fiat because I get cash or yeah, digital cash, whatever. And I don't lose my Bitcoin. Yes. That's always... Because I always wonder why people give Bitcoin in a collateral for a loan when they get like, I don't know how much, 5% for a loan. When I have, I hold my Bitcoin myself, I have this upward trend. I earn more. Or? Well, it's not a question of uh, like, 
you are lucky you are in Germany, you have 0% when you sell your Bitcoin. But like, imagine that I sell my Bitcoin in, in, in France of, or, or, or Japan and I have a short need of cash, for example, I don't know, like, uh, for example, I have an in inheritance bill, uh, tax, I, I get inheritance, I need to pay taxes, but like what I get I inherited, like cannot be easily liquidated, then I, I have a short need of cash, sh short term need of cash. So one, the obvious way of doing it is selling your Bitcoin and pay your, your taxes, right? Or you take this loan, you pay like 5% interest instead of 30% or 50% like I will pay in Japan and you get your cash. So it's, it's not only that you believe in Bitcoin, but yeah. Yeah, that's great. But on the other side, the person who lends out the Bitcoin. Well, no. for, for, yeah. So the person that provides you the cash is happy because right now if he put this cash in sitting in a saving account, he will get 0.5% of, of uh, interest, right? Uh, but if yeah. he, instead I can propose him, okay, you can get 5%. So what is better paying 5% of interest rate on a loan or paying 30% on taxes? So that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. You're right. You're that's cool because that's actually also something um, one could use like people like me, I have most of my money, to be honest, in Bitcoin <laughs> and have a, a, a rather small amount in, in euros to be able to do my business stuff and pay my rent. But, um, if I would need cash, uh, yeah, cash, uh, or euros, then I would have to liquidate Bitcoin. But this would be the possibility that I don't have to liquidate it, yep. which would, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, at least you can keep your long position on, on Bitcoin as well, which is cool. Yeah. So, and you're working on this. This is, uh, I think, discrete lock contract. Yeah, so, so, so DLC in general. Uh, so the, the basic idea in DLC is that you have one oracle that tweets a result of some events. And basically, this oracle don't have to know people using it. Like, the, this oracle just have to certify the result, but you don't need to interact with people using it. So in general is that actually I use DLC for a bet, uh, for US election bets with uh, Chris Ward. So I was betting that Trump win and he was betting that Biden win. And like there was this Oracle that will, that will broadcast the results. But basically this Oracle don't have to know that we are engaged in a contract with uh, both of us. And, and this idea of DLC actually can be applied for loan where the oracle is basically the arbiter in case there is a conflict between us. Okay, that's great because it's also better for privacy because the oracle doesn't know who's involved. Yes, yes, it's better for privacy and the oracle don't lock the phone so it's not like he's, uh, he can be treated as a monetary uh, intermediary because he don't put his signature on the transaction. So I think it's very important. Many new things I heard today. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> I mean, you co-founded two big projects. Yes. Yeah? What would you say, what have you learned in this process? What, what were the personal successes, good experiences uh, you made? And, and what were, were the bigger failures if you had one? Uh, so I'm pretty happy with how things have gone. Uh, I was not, for sure, I was not expecting that BTC Pay server uh, reached this level. Uh, on my on on my side, what I'm trying to achieve by growing a BTCP server typically is to to so 
because I'm the main maintainer of BTCP server, it means that sometimes I'm kind of the bottleneck because there is many things I need to review. And my only problem these days is to be able to remo remove myself as the bottleneck. Uh, so that's what I'm trying to learn these days and uh, what I wished I, I could do better. But uh, yeah, except that I'm pretty happy with your results. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Don't work in the company. Don't work at or for the company. Uh, I don't know. I, in, I know it in German better, this sentence, but maybe you know what I mean. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like if, if we micromanage too much, then the basically company cannot grow. So we need to distribute as much as possible, but while making sure that there is, for example, no vulnerability or st of things like this. But you're getting yourself out of the way. <laughs> mm, exactly. And are you looking for developers? Or? We, know, uh, we have no, enough people. So basically, what, the way we are doing with BTCP Server Foundation is that we look at people uh, happy to contribute to BTCP Server. And when we see that they have a track record to be focused on it, then we, we, uh, we support them with the fund that we receive from the foundation. We, we don't look people. We just want people that are... that like the project and that want to participate. We don't search for hiring people. We just want passionate people coming. Understand. That's the best because those are those who uh, put in the most effort too yep. because they like to do it. Yeah. Yep. We got lucky, by the way, with the BTCPS Foundation. One of the last, one of the latest uh, grants we got was paid in Bitcoin. <laughs> and basically, I was paying contributors with these funds. But... I don't spend it fast enough for counterbalancing the rise of Bitcoin. So it has been quite interesting. <laughs> That's great. But how do you secure uh, this when, when, when it goes down again? Uh, does it go down? <laughs> like <laughs> like uh, we, we, we got the grant when it was 9,000. So all the way up, we are still spending. So we receive 150, uh, euro, uh, one, 150,000 euro of grant from Kraken. Right now, every month we were paying contributor with it. Right now, the worth of this grant is 190. <laughs> so basically, even by spending every month, it's still increasing. So we, we, I, I, I guess at this point, even if it dropped to zero, we are almost break even. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Uh, super, Nicholas. Thank you very much. This uh, was a, a very interesting interview. Thanks for your time. Um, all, to, all the best also to your family in Japan. Thanks and, a lot. And uh, thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. That's it for today. If you like my show, please share it with your friends and hit the subscribe button in your podcast player now. Thanks to my sponsors who make it possible that I can produce the show. Localbitcoins.com, Shift Crypto with the Bitbox O2 and Coinfinity with their card wallet. Music. Start with Yes, Delicate Beats. Idea, content and production. Yours truly, Anita Posch. <laughs>